Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, February 11th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, today, February 11th, of course, is known as the Feast of Our Lady of Lourdes, because it recalls the first apparition of Our Lady to St. Bernadette. It was on February 11th, 1858, that Bernadette Subaru, at the age of 14, went to gather firewood with her younger sister and friend. When they came to the canal near the river Gave, the other two girls just waded through, but Bernadette decided to stop to take off her stockings. And as she recounted to the police chief ten days later, I heard a very loud noise in the hedge above Massiavel Grotto. I looked that way and saw the bushes moving, and behind them something white. I looked a moment, and then I knelt and prayed. That one smiled at me and vanished into the grotto. Over the next five months, Bernadette saw the lady that she simply called that one, Aquero, at the grotto 17 more times, and she was accompanied by even more onlookers as the word spread. Interestingly enough, no one else saw the apparition, but many were convinced by the girl's radiant, angelic countenance while in ecstasy. On February 25th, uh, our Bernadette was told, she told me to go drink of the spring. Our Lady indicated some bare ground near the grotto where Bernadette dug with her hands. But as she recounts, But there I only found a little muddy water. At a fourth attempt, I was able to drink. She also made me eat the bitter herbs that were found near the spring. And then the vision left and went away. The 300 witnesses were disconcerted to see the angelic face covered with mud and grass. But on March 1st, Bernadette's friend Catherine Latapier regained the use of her dislocated arm after plunging it in the spring, which was now a torrent. It was the first of many healings at Lourdes. On March 25th, Bernadette asked the lady's identity. She lifted her eyes to heaven, joined her hands as though in prayer, and said to me, Que soy era Immaculada Concepso, incorporating into the un-girls, uneducated girl's Pyrenean dialect the terminology of the papal dogma issued four years before. I am the Immaculate Conception. St. Bernadette then became a Sister of Charity at Nevers, where her incorrupt body is now shrined, enshrined. So we might think, well, what else could you have on such a fantastic day? Well, the Abbot Orsini tells us that it's also the celebration of St. Mary of Luquet near Calais, France. Uh, this monastery uh, of the Order of Premonstratarians, Premonstratarians, those guys, um, was founded in the year 1131 by Robert, Lord of Liquet. Not a whole lot more information. But then also, interestingly enough, we also celebrate Nuestra Señora de la Cortés Acariagua Portuguesa in Venezuela. Because it was on this day that an image appeared in the bark of a tree in 1702. That's really, it's like Our Lady of the Trunk. Um, so what is the story here? Well, it was uh, in February of 1702 that Margarita had gone to uh, like uh, complete a vow she had made to Our Lady of Coromoto in thanksgiving for having restored the health of her son. And so Margarita went with her son to the shrine of Our Lady of Coromoto. They you know, made their thanksgiving. And then they, as they were coming back, they stopped at a tree, tied up their donkey, and decided to you know, rest in a hammock that was there. So after a little bit of time, um, the boy realized that the, the the donkey was frightened. And so he's like, okay, well, what's going on? And he saw there was this brilliant light 
on the tree trunk, right? So the two of them drew near, and they noticed that the trunk had, right there, just like perfectly clear, an image of Our Lady holding the child in her arms, okay? So Margarita cut it out of the tree with a knife, and then put it nicely together in a cloth. So then, because of, you know, this sort of story, we're not entirely sure what day the apparition took place, but they think that it's probably of February 11th of 1702, which is why they celebrate it today. So they were going to like continue their way and just go back home when all of a sudden the the donkey just started taking off. He just ran. And so the poor group, the the mom and her son had to walk all the way back to the town. But interestingly enough, when the donkey ran, he ran to the how to the the door of the church, right? And so the Capuchin priest there, the the pastor of the church, wondered, "Well, whose animal is this?" right? And so he sent one of his workers to go and look around, and he found, this worker found Margarita, who had, you know, walked back um, to town. And so she went to go get her donkey. And um, in the meantime, the donkey had, like, gotten inside of the church, and Margarita couldn't get him to, to get up or to move. So why was that? Well, of course, there's the image inside, which is was placed in the church, and now actually the image of Our Lady of the Trunk has its own cathedral. So that is what we're celebrating today, February 11th, in the Marian world. So again, today we'll continue with uh, taking some selections from the book Marian Reflections, The Angelus Messages of Pope John Paul II, a book that was compiled by David Brown, Father David Brown. Today we'll have the Angelus Address from July 3rd, 1983, which was entitled, Mary's Fiat is the Fulfillment of Israel's Covenant. This is what the Pope said. Mary's fiat at the Annunciation, fiat meaning let it be done to me in Latin, Mary's fiat at the Annunciation allows God to inaugurate a new covenant with mankind, even more wonderful than the one ratified with the people of Israel. We recall an occasion on a day long ago, yet so exalting, when the Lord at the foot of Mount Zion, uh, Mount Sinai, proposed to the tribes of Israel the offering of his covenant of love through the prophet Moses, his spokesman. This is what God said to the people, You have seen for yourselves how I treated the Egyptians, and how I bore you up on eagles' wings and brought you here to myself. Therefore, if you hearken to my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my special possession, dearer to me than all other people, though all the earth is mine. You you shall be... You shall be a kingdom of priests, a holy nation. Moses then explained to his brothers and sisters the content of the divine message. He instructed them in order to make them aware that the plan that had come from the Lord God, even if it was a commandment, did no violence to their free will. He who created his children free is the most jealous guardian of their freedom. After being enlightened by Moses' teaching, all the people answered as one. Everything the Lord has said, we will do. These words, which will remain memorable in the Jewish spirituality of every age, were like the fiat, that is, the yes, with which Israel accepted its being united to Yahweh its God, as a bride to her husband. In the light of these facts, we can perhaps better understand the scene of the Annunciation. The angel Gabriel, sent by God, reveals to the Virgin the plan that the Lord has for her to give birth to the Son of God himself, who will become king and savior of the new people of God, 
the church. It is a new form of the covenant. This time God asks to be united to us, but taking on our very features. Mary, in the face of the divine proposal, behaves knowingly and freely. If God is asking her, then she too asks her God, How can this be, since I do not know man? The angel offers further enlightenment about the divine will. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Through being called to believe the unbelievable, Mary at this point exclaims, I am the servant of the Lord. Be it done to me as you say. In these words of the Virgin, there is substantially the echo of those words spoken by the entire people of Israel when they accepted the gift of the covenant on Sinai. And this means that the faith of Israel matured on Mary's lips. Truly, she is daughter of Zion. We will now call to mind Mary's fiat as we pray the Angelus. Let us ask the Virgin to make the fiat of our baptism always enlightened and generous, and to renew it in the daily commitments of our witness of faith. Thus we will live worthily of our covenant with the Lord and His Church, the heart of the world.